Hi everyone, my name is Nathan Cho, I'm a fourth year, and this episode will be on Identity in Christ. Specifically, I'll be talking about my experience with homosexuality in the church, and I'll be doing that by sharing a part of my testimony and answering some of the questions that the body of GCF has sent me. Before I go any further, I just want to clarify and emphasize that these are my personal experiences, thoughts, and opinions. I cannot speak for everyone, but hope that these words would be rooted in scripture and guided by the Spirit. So the reasons I want to share my testimony are, one, to give you a look into my life and give you context for the answers that I'll be giving in the next part of the podcast, and two, to obey God's commands to me. I remember asking God, how can you use this shame in my life for your good that brings me such sadness and confusion when all I see is darkness? And he said to me, you can live your life and even use your shame for me because of the gospel. In John 4, in the passage about the Samaritan woman, it says that many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. The Samaritan woman led a very shameful life, but when she met Jesus, everything changed. She was able to take her brokenness and give it to God, who transformed it into something beautiful. Growing up in school and in church, I was bullied for being different. I despised not being able to fit in and often told lies about who I was so that people would like me, but ultimately, people ended up loving the lies and not myself. I lost sight of who I was because I didn't want to be him and I would do anything to be someone else. This led to a lot of loneliness and self-hatred and I convinced myself I wasn't worthy of being loved. After dealing with these things on my own for a long time, I realized that I needed to be real with myself and with God. So around junior year of high school, I finally told God that I'm gay. I say that as if he didn't already know, but it was one of the most difficult things to come out of my own mouth. Things began to make sense and were falling into place. I found who I was. I found my identity. I thought things would be easier after this, but it really wasn't. I struggled with even more existential questions like, who do I love? Who loves me? And what do I believe in now? The world taught me to love yourself and to be yourself, but the Bible told me that I was a sinner in need of repentance. The book that taught certain values and ideals to believe in told me that the person I now align myself with was not worthy and could never be in the presence of God. At this point, I saw more of the negativity in the church, the ignorance in the adults and their homophobic views, and the youth and young adults would casually throw around demeaning slurs. The place that I thought was supposed to be loving and accepting was hateful and became a place I no longer wanted to be. All of the arrows pointed me away from Christ, but somehow without him, I couldn't find a purpose to life. I wasn't interested in leading a life of meaningless selfishness, but I wanted to live for something greater. As I continued to wrestle with God, he began to show me more of who he truly was and who I truly am. He opened my eyes to see that everyone around me was a sinner too. No one is worthy and could never be in the presence of God on their own. Despite this, he invited me to sit with him, just as Jesus invited the rejected prostitutes, beggars, and tax collectors to dine with him in the New Testament. He told me that he knew everything about me and that he loves me. And I thought, how can God love someone like me?
he directed me to Romans 5. For a while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. He knew everything about me, all of my sins, all of my shame, and still he created me. He loved me and sent his son to die for my sake, that I could be with him forever out of his own incomprehensible goodness and grace. In a time when I felt like no one saw me and no one loved me, the most perfect and righteous being in the entirety of existence saw me and decided, hey, I love you. I was afraid of sharing these things for so long because I was ashamed, scared of being rejected, judged, or that it would affect the ways that I served or worshipped. But I had a newfound identity in Christ. Galatians 2.20 said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I now saw that his grace is sufficient for me, and in my weaknesses, his power is made perfect. I no longer had to see myself as a shameful sinner. I didn't have to identify as someone who is rejected, unloved, unseen, or unwanted. I didn't have to search for meaning in my appearances or studies or sexuality. But I could now call myself a beloved child of the Most High, and in that identity, I found an unparalleled power, strength, peace, and joy, and I hope that you can accept or have accepted Christ into your life, and that you can see a little bit of that in yourself too. All right, let's go into the next section, um, the Q&A. Um, thank you to everyone who sent one in. Um, I ended up getting a lot, like over 50, um, but I was able to condense them to about 20. Um, some of them were pretty similar. Um, that being said, this section might get a little long, so please, please bear with me. Hopefully, I'll be able to post the questions and their timestamps, but if you can't find that, the Q&A will be divided into three sections. Understanding and reconciling faith and identity, my personal experience, and how to respond as a Christian. All right, let's get started with the first question from Faith and Identity. Um, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? What are some misconceptions about homosexuality in the church? And how can we be better informed on this topic? There are a lot of passages in the Bible that I can point you to, like Romans chapter 1 or 1 Corinthians chapter 6. But I guess in short, when the Bible refers to homosexuality as a sin, it's important to distinguish between the passive attraction and the active behavior. Being gay is not a sin, but acting upon the temptation is. So I guess one of the biggest misconceptions is that a gay person cannot go to heaven to be with God. Another misconception is that God hates gay people. That's simply not true, but this is the belief of many misinformed people who call themselves Christian and lack the heart of love that Jesus has. 
It really breaks my heart to see people get hurt by the church, which is filled with sinners, myself included, and attribute it to who they think God is. I think one other misconception is that homosexuality is just like any other sin or temptation. Now hear me out. I agree with the statement in the eyes of God, that like any other sin, it's an impurity before God and it sets you apart from him. But I think sometimes it can be put into the context where everyone feels like they can relate to what it's like to struggle with homosexuality, and it kind of devalues the difficulty of living with this. I guess if you want to be better informed, you would have to go out of your way to inform yourself. I think it can be easy to run with the simple truth that the Bible teaches and be satisfied with your own understanding, but I think just like anything else you learn about Christianity or about your faith, you can dig deeper in your understanding by seeking out resources. I would be careful though, um, make sure that the things that you read or hear are firmly rooted and backed by scripture, not just loose interpretations of what it says. The next question is, what did the process of fully trusting in God look like for you? There are parts of ourselves we would never let others see. We fear breaking an image of ourselves that we've built, losing relationships, etc. But how did God work in you to finally let go of that? This question reminds me of this retreat I went to where I first heard the song Christ is Enough by Hillsong. Um, the lyrics go, Christ is enough for me, everything I need is in you. I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. I wasn't actually able to sing the words at the retreat because I didn't truly believe it at the time. It felt impossible for me to think that above the approval of others or above all the money in the world or even above the best relationship I could be in, that one with Christ can be better than it all. Um, above the rejection that I would face for my friends and family, above the hardships that would lie ahead of me, and above the fear of losing everything that Christ was worth it. So I didn't believe it. Uh, I just kind of went along with my life ignoring that part of me. But God continued to show me more of himself and his jealousy for all of me. Um, he reminded me that he was worthy of every single inch of my life, even the parts that I was hiding from him and from myself. He reassured me that he is good and that his plans would never be for my harm but for my prosperity. And through his faithfulness in showing me that in other aspects of my life, um, I wanted more of his light to shine through the cracks of my broken vessel. The third question in this section is, do you pray for heterosexuality? Hmm, this is an interesting question to answer because I don't really have a firm opinion on it. Personally, I don't pray for that, and I guess I have an explanation for it. Um, one thing to know is gay people are born gay, just as you, a sinner, are born sinful. And though I don't think it's impossible to um, become straight, I think in my life I don't seek that because I feel like I'd be missing the point of my struggling. Um, all my life, God has been trying to get me to seek more of him and less of my idols. Um, and if I want to seek a relationship that would be pleasing and glorifying to him, then shouldn't I be spending time trying to strengthen my relationship with Christ? Um, I want my life to be less about myself and more about God. And so my prayers sound more like, God, I pray that my temptations would not overtake my thoughts and desires. Instead, help me to desire more of you and that this relationship with you would be sweeter than yesterday. But yeah, sometimes I wonder what it's like to be in a relationship and glorify God through that. So maybe tomorrow my opinion will change. The last question in this topic is, do you believe you're called to celibacy? Mm, honestly, at this point in my life, I'm not really sure. 
Um, before my third year of college, I was completely satisfied with Christ and living in singleness for him, and it was really awesome. I never really had any thoughts about relationships with other people, um, but 2019 seems to be my doom as people around me got into relationships left and right, and everything started pointing in that direction, and I slowly began to desire one myself. In the next section, I answer questions about my personal experience. This one is a lot longer than the other ones, so sorry. The first question is, what are some of the struggles to be aware of that homosexual Christians encounter? <laughs> this is by no means an exhaustive list of things, but I think one of the biggest struggles is feeling alone in the process. Whether or not someone is Christian, anyone who identifies with homosexuality has walked a different path one filled with fear, rejection, and uncertainty. Until about two years ago, I didn't really know a single Christian dealing with the same thing, so keeping all of this to myself and struggling with it in the dark for the past 20 years has probably been the biggest burden of it all. I think another one of the biggest struggles that I face is fitting in. In one aspect, I don't quite fit in with the guys or the girls because I feel equally comfortable yet not attached to either, so I never really know what to do with myself when we split by gender, but honestly that might just be a me thing. I think fitting into the social norm is also difficult because when it comes to conversations about appearance, um, relationship, etc., the entire world's existence sometimes seems to be about relationships or sex. Movies, pop culture, songs, nature, whatever. I think especially conversations. Um, people generally like to talk about ideal types or who your top five is or whatever, but I don't feel personally left out, but it's hard to know when I can have input. I feel like I have to be very wary about the things that I say, and if I do say something, I feel like I have to watch everyone's eyes or nunchiba in Korean. Someone asked, should I be thinking about that at all? And I think the fact that you raised this question is enough for me. I don't want conversations to feel restricted because of my presence, but it's nice to know that I'm in your view. Lastly, I'll share one more struggle, the desire to feel loved beyond a friendship. I think for heterosexual people and Christians, there isn't much hesitation to have interest in someone. But for me, as a gay Christian, I feel very restricted. Not only can I not be in a marriage or relationship, but even when I like someone or have interest in someone, it feels like I'm doing something wrong, and I get jealous that other people don't have to feel that way. People don't really think twice about saying or even thinking, oh, actor A is so pretty or actor B is so good looking, but I do. You don't ever realize how much relationship and sexuality really encompasses your life until you're not allowed to think, speak, or act upon it. All of these struggles were post coming out to the community around me, but um, it was a whole different world when I was still in the closet. You know, I just realized I probably should have ordered these questions better, but <laughs> when did you know you struggled with this and how did you remain so faithful? I think I've known since I was really young, but I never wanted it to be true, so I decided I wasn't. And uh, it's not really something I can necessarily change. Um, it wasn't really a problem for me until I quote-unquote came out to myself, which was when I began to struggle with reconciling these two aspects of my life. What kept me faithful was knowing that I'm living for something and someone greater, and also having brothers and sisters who keep me accountable and encourage me to be more like Christ. 
Speaking of accountability, how have you been kept accountable about something that's not openly discussed? How have you overcome the fear of vulnerability? And how does God reconcile the disparity between your vulnerability and that of your peers? Honestly, in certain aspects, I haven't been kept accountable because there was never a need to be. And in other aspects, my close friends didn't really know what the proper responses would be. I do really value vulnerability, but I only got to this point because I understood that hiding these things never really benefited me. I also knew that if I wanted someone to trust me, then I would need to show that I trust them too. And once I broke down that wall with someone, I found out how amazing the doors were that opened behind it. Sometimes it can be hard to know that I've let down my walls, but other people continue to put them up. But I think God has given me peace because I know that it will be in his time. God will ready their hearts, and my role is to just wait patiently with loving and open arms. The next question is a little tricky to answer. How do you navigate same-sex friendships since each person might feel or respond differently? Do you have personal boundaries that are somewhat similar to boundaries others might want to keep for cross-gender friendships? In my experience, Christians have these boundaries in intergender friendships, which are good, but in those, I personally don't have the fear that I would cross the line. However, I can never fully relate to women, so deepening those friendships sometimes meets a ceiling. With my brothers, it becomes difficult because I don't know what is going on in their minds. I'll never know if they're wary of how close they get, and I'm always cautious of saying or doing the wrong thing, usually not for my own accountability, but for them to avoid discomfort. I think that's why I have a lot of trouble seeking friendships among guys, because I wait for effort to be reciprocated rather than going out of my way. How do you see and seek Christ through this aspect of your identity? I think that this podcast and sharing my testimony has been a really unique way um, that I've been able to worship God and I'm really thankful for that. I see that he has molded me to be this person that can share this story and without him, I wouldn't even be able to have the strength or courage to record this. In the midst of doubting or struggling, I think it's helpful to have this testimony because it constantly reminds me of the magnitude of his grace in my life and it gives me a taste of his goodness one that can't be compared to anything. What was meaningful and helpful from the body before and after you shared your testimony? Do you think Christians who struggle with homosexuality should be open about their sexuality to the church? Before I shared this aspect of my life to everyone, I had a few close friends that knew. These were the people who acted as pillars when I felt downed and defeated, who showed me love and encouragement in the midst of my shame, and who spurred me on to be courageous and confident about God's goodness in my life. After I shared, it was really encouraging that not much changed in my interactions with the body. I was still able to worship freely and enjoy my freedom in him. I don't know if I could say everyone should be open about their sexuality in the church, especially if they had not reconciled or believed in what the Bible teaches. To each their own, but I will say that I think my life has been vastly different after mostly for the better, sometimes for the more difficult. The last question of this section that kind of ties in with the next is, what have your experiences been like evangelizing to the LGBTQ community as a gay Christian? Do you feel an extra pressure to witness? Um, I've actually had conversations about my testimony and my faith with all of the possible combinations of groups. So one with my heterosexual Christian friends, who I assume are the majority of you, to my homosexual Christian friends with whom I discuss 
um, our differing struggles and beliefs. Three, my heterosexual non-Christian friends who don't seem to understand why I would choose God in my situation. And four, my homosexual non-Christian friends who have been accepting of my decisions but don't see it fitting into their lives. I definitely do feel an extra pressure to witness to this group because I understand more of their struggles and sympathize with them. I think there is also just a lot of hurt by the church, so the LGBTQ community is not as willing to listen. In this last section, I talk about how to respond as a Christian. The first question asks, how can I do a better job of loving on and reaching out to those who struggle with homosexuality in the church? To be completely honest, I think the body of GCF did a really good job at responding and showing me love, especially knowing the fact that having someone who is out within the Christian body is not that common. I think the aspects of treating me as the same Jesus-loving brother or even being more vulnerable with me was very encouraging. I think to give you a better answer, I think fostering a more welcoming yet not compromising atmosphere would have been nice. Showing that unconditional love that you all have shown me to those who you are reluctant to forgive or who you frequently judge. Also, I personally would would have loved to answer these questions in person and had conversations with you all. I remember I went on a Richmond trip with a sister on a Wednesday because we both had twin tower schedules and she overcame her fear and asked me a question regarding my walk. It opened up a freedom that wouldn't have otherwise existed, so don't be scared. The next question asks, when is it appropriate to talk about someone's sexuality? What does coming out in the church mean? It's really different for everyone. Like I said, for me, I will rarely reject answering your questions, but for someone else, like me in high school, it could break them. Um, I think if someone is open about their sexuality, the window of opportunity is a little bit more ajar, because the consequences have probably already been taken into consideration. But it's always an ongoing process of figuring out who you are. One question reads, we can often overfixate on homosexuality and lose sight of the most important thing, which is our brother and sister drawing closer to Jesus. But I think from my experiences, it hasn't really been like that. I think people are still wary about bringing it up or talking about it sometimes, um, myself included, so they kind of look past it and act as if it doesn't play a big role in my life. The last question is, what advice do you have on talking about the Christian belief regarding homosexuality to non-believers? I think the most important thing is to abide in love. Evaluate whether you are viewing this brother or sister as a beloved child of God or as a project to be fixed. Then reevaluate your heart and remember that you need the gospel just as much as this person does. It's important to be sensitive and try to understand where people are coming from, especially because this is a touchy subject among the LGBTQ community. You may be viewed as someone who is hostile or unwelcomed, and you kind of have to be okay with that. I think the best advice I can give is to live a life worth being interested in. Set yourself apart in their life and make them curious to see what's so different about you, why you're so loving, so joyful, and make it obvious that this can be attributed to Christ. Be open about your struggles and your sin, and don't dilute the truth, but express it in a loving manner. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Remember, God loves you, and see you in heaven.